Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. My name is Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. We would like to remind you that we are a history slash true crime comedy podcast and we use adult language. If you would um, like, we would like for you to stick around and listen to the podcast. But if adult language offends you, then we would ask that you check out the podcast of some of our friends, including Insight and They Walk Among Us. Great podcast, Brandy, that somehow are able to do their show without swearing. Well, they're amazing. They are. They also don't work with Chuck. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, the topic of our podcast today, Brandy, you're, I know you're dying to know because I, you didn't read I, the script ahead of time. I've been working. Is the Glamour Girl Slayer serial killer Harvey Murray Glattman. Three names. Harvey Murray Glattman. It's a stupid name, but there's three. There is three. He um, killed at least three people, and they believe four, back in the late 1950s, Brandy. Oh. Your thoughts on that? I don't have any. I don't have any thoughts yet. Okay. Well, let me introduce you. Okay. And this is, uh, this podcast, in this podcast, every time that we say yes, we're going to say it like one of the Kennedys. And no, we're going to say you are going to say it like one of the Kennedys. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are going to say. No, it. we both are. This is I, this, I, this is a team effort. I doubt a I'm going to do that. This is a uh, team building exercise. I don't see myself doing that. Yes. <laughs> all right. So the topic is serial killer Harvey Murray Glattman. We're going to talk about all of his dastardly deeds. But before we do, let me introduce. Um, the lady who's known uh, across the land, to and fro, as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I'm good, Timmy. How are you? I'm fine. Excellent. Ask me if I had a good day. Did you have you had a good day so far? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Um, how are you? Tell me what's going on with your life. Uh, not that I care, but you know, it's, this is what we call in the business filler. Oh, I see. My, so much of your life is made up of the, of the moments like this. My, right. I'm good. My, you know, my, my life is a hot mess as, as is everyone. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. And we're yeah, just but I mean, you know, it's on along. a scale. <laughs> No, yeah. Could be much, much worse. Yes. 
but it's all relative. It really. is, and so we're um, you know we're just looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to the weekend. Looking forward to may go down and see Casey this weekend. Oh, nice. I haven't really decided. Yeah. And Casey may be here for uh, the Dweeb Fest in October. We understand. yeah yeah he yeah he we're looking like forward to that. We're going we're going to have a meetup here in Cincinnati the second weekend of October. It's October thirteenth to fifteenth. If you is that what we're calling it as Dweeb Fest? I don't know. We haven't come up with a name yet, but for now. Uh, but we have uh, Matt, title. Matt Johnson is coming from England, as is uh, Nicola Reed. Her and her husband's coming from Great Britain. So far, they're coming far and wide, Brandy. Well, throughout the land, they're, they're merging and, on. And Cincinnati. again, I don't think I'd come across the street to meet us. <laughs> so, or at least not you two. Well, I'm a delight. But if you ask them if they want to meet us, you know what they say? Yeah, why not? They say yes. <laughs> no, no. I am Bobby Kennedy today. I'm going to talk like Bobby Kennedy. Oh. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um, of course, we are uh, still without our really our uh, appendix, uh, and I call him our appendix because he's really useless. He's yeah. just here. He just hangs there. Yep. Uh, that is the Colonel. He is still on vacation uh, up there in the Great White North. Uh, he's making friends up there in Canada. No, I think they've, I think they've, uh, they've, they've jailed him as a prisoner of the state. You know, uh, Canada has a reputation of being so, uh, progressive and, uh, being very, you know, they, they love diversity and friendly and very, uh, warm and friendly and opening to, to, to people from all over the world, uh, until Chuck showed up. Yeah. They closed that shit. <laughs> yeah. And now we're going to build a wall. <laughs> yes. Our Canada is building a wall after Chuck leaves. Well. We should build a wall immediately to keep him out. But I don't know if we can get built by Saturday. Well, and do we really want to keep Renee out? Because she is an actual contributor to society. Uh, yeah. We need to, like, uh, tase him as soon as he comes and uh, put him in a supermax. Dude, I've got... I've got the thing. I told you we would we would do the whole I, labor I'm thing. I'm not being a part of that thing because oh, he's you're going, such a baby. No, he's going to get hurt, and then people, he's not going to get hurt. Mm. I put that thing on my back all the time. He, he, you know, he did um, tase himself with the uh, invisible but, fence. I know, dumbass. <laughs> I know. All right, Chuck's not here, but he'll be with us next time. Um, Brandy, you yes. want to? Can you please thank uh, the members of the our Patreon group who have been, have been so generous in supporting the podcast? If you would like to support the podcast, just go to Patreon.com/slash History Dweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or as the Colonel likes to say, just a wee bit. Yes, yes. So, Brandy, t- uh, why don't you thank our Patreon supporters? Well, we'd like to thank Daniel and Kimberly Bassett, Jen Moyer, and David Hill. Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Shelley Garrett, Bridget Clavey, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Lorna Violet, Andrea O'Dell, Janelyn Prude Bergeron, Jim Seabright, Michael Deo, Russ Charlotte, Karen Widner, Callie Jones, Joseph Kerr, Lauren Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown, Sarah Bloom. Mike Brown does the Pleasing Terrors podcast, yes, right? Yes, and it's, it's, it's excellent. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Joe Hopkins, who does the Now American History yes. podcast. Very good. He's uh, part of the uh, history. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Becky, this is Talk Like Bobby Kennedy Day. It is not. It's in this room. <laughs> it's, not, it's not Rex Manning Day. It's not Talking to Bobby Kennedy Day. It's not Talking in Cliche oh. Thursday. 
It I is miss, actually I miss, talking in cliche Thursday. I, I miss cliche Thursday. We need to reinstitute that. I know that was so much fun. This uh, we 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 used to have a different thing we did every day of the week for our listeners. Who, before this was before we started the podcast. This is how we amused ourselves. Now, yeah. now we amuse ourselves by the podcast. But before this is yeah, now, this was it because we're sad, sad thir- little people. <laughs> we are cliche Thursday. I miss that. Becky Omelet. Uh, Karen Alden, Sharon Pierce, Caitlin Campbell, Fiona Crisp, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Donna Curran, Maja, Aaron, Kimberly Cambron, Elise and her new baby. Yes, he's so adorable. Did you see that picture she posted? Of course I did. Oh my God, he's adorable. I love her pictures. Uh, Diane's student with the History Goes Bump podcast, is that Uh, right? uh, Yes, and it's an excellent, yes, it's an excellent... um, yeah, it's an excellent paranormal uh, podcast. Yes. Oh my God! No. I'm gonna do this the uh, no oh, uh, podcast. No, Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise, Leslie Hagar. That we had a lovely conversation with this morning. Yes, she's it's, uh, very, very, very nice, nice uh, to talk to uh, Miss Hagar. Oh, Amber Scoville, Jahara, uh, Alicia, and Chip. Uh, Two of our favorite people. Dr. Jeff and Don Chestnut. Two more of our favorite people. Exactly. Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Holly Woodward, Shirley Strap, who is defending us with her squirrel army yes. after our harrowing ordeal. We almost we were uh, we, we were accosted died. by a squirrel. Well, yesterday. we were accosted. Yeah. Yes. And I thought that squirrel was uh, Shirley uh, Strap. She was uh, quite delightful. Please don't. I'm sorry. It's so bad. I know it is. It's not as good as Forrest Gump, but yeah. it's hard to go from Forrest uh, Gump to uh, one of the uh, Kennedys. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Todd Long, Lydia Fisher, Tyrone, Phyllis Munson, Sarah Morgan, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin. I sound more like the uh, uh, disabled uh, Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What was her name? Rose, I think. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Damn it. That was terrible. You're a horrible person. We're going to get some bad emails about that. Jennifer Siemens, direct them all to Timmy. (laughs) Uh, Jennifer Siemens, Cindy Lou, Heather Colleen Poole, uh, Canadian True Crime. A wonderful podcast up there in Canada. Yeah, Uh up there with the uh, Colonel. Yeah. Charlie and Allie from the Insight Podcast. Uh, Nene, Bridget Bernhardt. they Walk Among Us. Wonderful podcast with uh, Rosanna and her husband, Benjamin. Just a wonderful, wonderful podcast. If you haven't checked it out, uh, check it out. It's award-winning, the best podcast in Great Britain. And they're but, super nice people. Oh, my God. They're so generous with their uh, time. And um, she, they're just great. They're wonderful people, and we love them. Uh, Stacy. And uh, Chuck loves him a little too much. Chuck's a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, he has a hot for it went, You know what? I mean, it crosses a line where he loves them, and uh, he yeah. wants to, you know, stalk yeah. them. Lick their face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy, Christine Hauer, Cheryl Weldon, and Rudy the Wonder Dog. Yay. Yay. All right. Thank you, every one of you. Thank you very much for your generous donations. Again, if you would like to support us, just go to History Dweebs. I'm sorry, just go to patreon.com slash History Dweebs. All right, let's talk, Brandy, about Harvey Murray Glattman. Tell me about Harvey. I would be happy to. Thank you. First of all, he wasn't a large, invisible rabbit. Let's get that out of the way first. He Well, yeah, he was not a large, invisible rabbit. Yes. Clearly, they might not have caught him. True. 
Harvey Murray Glattman was an American serial killer, Brandy. I figured as much. He was active during the late 1950s. Yes. He was known as the Glamour Girl Slayer. That means he slayed Glamour Girls, Brandy. I used to have a Glamour Girls uh, uh, cruise. uh, Nice. A cruiser. Nice. Yeah, and for those of you that are my age, you will remember Glamour Girls and get that reference because I'm tired of being around all these fucking young people. Let me tell you something. All right. Are you going to... No. It's a short story. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went... No. last word. No. Uh, well, I'm not Chuck. Okay. So... Please uh, continue. I yes. take I take part of my staff and we go to um, Starbucks this morning because we needed some something to drink. Yes. So we go to Starbucks and the guy that's making our drinks it's taking our order his name is rio what now i looked at the girl beside me and i said his name is rio and he dances on the sand yes of course yeah she looked at me like i she had no i'm like you know what <laughs> fuck you <laughs> i'm like that's an awesome reference and you don't fucking get it uh, that was a good reference and that girl in that uh, re, uh, video music video rio she was so smoking hot i thought you liked the hungry like the wolf i girl. do i like her too Ah, okay and Duran Duran, Brandy. Uh, Duran uh, Duran. Yes. Anyway, back to uh, Harvey uh, Murray Glattman. Glattman, Glattman, something like that. Yes. Yeah. He was known as the Glamour Girl Slayer. He uh, used uh, several different pseudonyms, Brandy, posing as a professional photographer. Sounds like our friend over here. He posing as a professional hmm. photographer to lure his victims with the promise of a modeling career, Brandy. No, well, you know, send me a picture and you know, this is for selfies, I guess. I, this sounds like something you'd do. Yeah. Glattman was responsible for three murders, at least three murders, and he suspected in a fourth. But, you know, who's counting, really? Well, yeah. Harvey Murray Glattman was born on December 10th, 1927. That would have been three days after the Colonel's birthday. Yes. About the same year, actually. <laughs> no, he was born in 1927 uh, in the Bronx. The Bronx. Who, Chuck? No, no, no. Her- oh. Harvey Glattman in the Bronx, New York. And uh, that was in uh, that was right before the holidays. That was Christmas. In between the holidays, actually. After Thanksgiving, but before Christmas and okay. New Year's. Excellent. He was the son of proud Jewish parents. Well, I bet they wasn't proud later on. Uh, Albert and Ophelia Glattman. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a nice family. So, well, Ophelia, yeah. Uh, sometime prior to 1930, Albert, Ophelia, and Harvey moved to Denver, Brandy. Oh, okay. They lived there briefly before moving back to New York City. New York City? Yes. Yes. Oh, God. At first, Ophelia couldn't put her finger on what bothered her about her baby, Harvey. Oh. He acted odd. There was nothing definite except that he would often giggle when there was nothing to giggle about, and he would cry over nothing. Don't most people do that, I'm though? I'm it's like every fucking woman I ever went out with. Wow, bitter. I'm sorry. Bobby Bitter Pants, table eh. for one. I'm sorry. I don't know the jar. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I think you meant every bit of that shit. I don't know where that came from. Harvey showed, uh, Brandy, Harvey showed little interest in anything. No. Again, sounds like every woman you've ever been out with. <laughs> His uh, attention span was zero. Mm. 
and he often wandered away laughing for no reason. That sounds like Chuck. <laughs> Does that? That sounds like Chuck for real. As he grew older, he avoided company, including any would-be friends. Well, okay. Yeah, they they're all would-be friends, I guess. If, well, yeah, I mean, you wander away from them. Yeah, whatever. I want I wander away from most of my friends. Yeah, at age three, Brandy Harvey committed his first crude attempt at sexual gratification. Ew. He tied a string around his penis. That's the proper word for... I understand. Okay. Yes. And he placed the loose end in a drawer. The loose end of the string? Yeah, he tried, okay. tied a string around his old pecker, and then he tied... All the, the junk, too? Yeah, and then he tied the loose end to a drawer, and then he leaned back against the string. It was like the old days when you remove a tooth. You know, you tie your tooth oh. around the doorknob and slam the door. That's what he did with his yin-yang. All right, so he, did, he started doing that at age three. So he was a inquisitive young lad. Uh-huh. See, at least this, these are what you think you have. Well, yeah, to that's look what forward you got to. to look forward to. No, I'm sure. This is Harvey. He was a screwed-up individual. I'm not. All kids do not tie their penis to a drawer. Are you sure? Well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I never did, but and you know, I. Well, you a, haven't lived. I, I'm exceptional. Well, no. Let's not get crazy. By the age of four, Harvey, uh, Harvey's favorite pastime, Brandy, was typing, uh, tying a rope around his neck, looping the free end over a pipe or rafter, and yanking the top of the rope with one hand while masturbating with the other. Was his last name Carradine? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he was into this, uh, uh, what is it? The uh, Autoerotic asphyxiation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Autoerotic asphyxiation. Which I never could understand. Was David Carradine? Or was it Keith? We get those. I think, it's, I think it was David. David. Who killed himself by autoerotic asphyxiation, right? And, but the thing that he did, he did, I know exactly where he did it, the hotel he was at in Bangkok. And I mean, you can get your—I mean, you can get anything done to you in Bangkok for twenty-five dollars. Why he had to fucking hang himself is beyond me. But yeah. To get his little jollies, but I hope you know. Hope he. I hope it was worth it. Um. Anyway, he was kung fu brandy, also known as the weed hopper. He was kung fu. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, our friend Harvey. Uh, little Harvey's problems kept were kept indoors, Brandy, for years. I would hope so. <laughs> because you know what you don't want <laughs> is your child out front of your house looping shit around a know. tree while he's you don't want that shit. You don't want that shit out on front street. Hell no. Anyway, it, it sends the value of your home straight to the shitter. <laughs> it does. He was well behaved in public. He was quiet and a very good student. In fact. He, was, he excelled in many subjects, Brandy, uh, much like yeah, my, myself. Uh-huh. Of friends, there were few, Brandy, much like myself. Uh-huh. And these consisted of a small group of lunchtime play, playground buddies who knew him by name and shared a few moments of toss the ball. <laughs> what kind of ball? <laughs> At least it's not toss the salad. That could have been worse. Hey. What if they're trying to toss his ball? He's got he's I, already got a fucking I don't know. string around I'm just, it. I, I'm just you know, this is what came up in the research. I, I don't I guess I do write these stories, but I don't I don't make up these facts, Brandy. I just uh, look at the uh, facts. I see. 
He was frightened of girls, Brandy. Okay. And when he was in their company, he grew wobbly-kneed and embarrassed. Uh, as do you. Yeah. <laughs> I got re- good reason. I guess he did, too, because he tied his penis up all the time. That's, that, that tends to, uh, that would tend to embarrass you. You get, you get yes. rope burns around your yeah, penis. Yeah. Ew. It didn't help that a few of them, and some of the boys, too, ridiculed uh, young Harvey for his overdeveloped ears and buck teeth. Oh, so he was unfortunate looking. <laughs> I think you wish Chuck was here for this one. God. I'm guaranteeing he could give you 20 minutes on, on these two, uh, these well, two sure attributes alone. Because he knows somebody <laughs> yeah. that has buck teeth and big ears. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they made fun of young... Uh, Young uh, Harvey, and behind his back, and often even to his face, they would call him Chick Chipmunk or Weasel. Chipmunk. Chipmunk or Weasel. Yeah, Weasel. Seems fitting. <laughs> he did not appreciate it, Brandy. He never joined the others in after-school games. Just much, much like Rudolph. No reindeer games. No reindeer games. He ran home and played on his own, Brandy. And it was a sex. It was sexual, and it involved a rope. Well, and you know. Why would you want to play with your friends when you can go home and play with your wiener? <laughs> That's a good point. Wiener. All right. So Harvey's favorite pastime was tying a rope around his neck, looping the free end over a viper rafter, as I mentioned, yanking the rope with one hand, masturbating with the other. Gave him a strange feeling, uh, a, a rush, brandy like no other. Yes. Have you ever tried autoerotic asphyxiation? I have never I- <laughs> thrown a rope over my neck to try and get off. All right, but let me ask you this: because autoerotic asphyxiation, asphyxiation, whatever, it involves the self-induced strangulation during masturbation. Now I'm going to ask you this question: it elicits a great deal of excitement, apparently, and mm-hmm. even euphoria, right? Mm-hmm. Even without the genital stimulation, just the choking itself. So women, I'm guessing, they have their own version of this, right? Because guys can tie up their wiener and tie it around their neck and then, you know, jump off of of whatever, scaffolding. Mm -hmm. How about women? How do women do the uh, auto-erotic? How the fuck would I know? (laughs) Well, you're a woman. That doesn't mean I know how the fuck that happens. Did you not have a home ec class? Did they not teach that in home ec? No, not in the home ec class. Not with Miss Houseman. They sure shit didn't. Tell me a little bit about Miss Houseman. I can sew the shit out of a pillow. Let me tell you what. Can you do? Can you uh, sew your name into a pillow? I cannot. Not by hand. I can do it with a machine. Uh, what, what good is that when the machines are all broken? And when the machine dries up? Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, Miss Miss Houseman was she an attractive woman? This Miss Houseman? Oh no. No. No, she was 108 when I had her. All right. And so she, she, it was a bad scene. She did not discuss, uh, it was your home economic class. She yeah. did not discuss uh, autoerotic affixation. Surprisingly, no. Wow. Surprisingly, she did she not. She did not prepare you for the real world. She really didn't prepare me for life at all, but I can make some cookies. I can uh, bake. Oh, well, that's good. Did you, did you use an easy bake oven? No, we did not use an easy bake oven. Never could have figured out how an easy bake oven really worked because it just has a light bulb in there, doesn't it? Yeah. doesn't seem very efficient. Well, because energy shit's got to cook for like six hours. <laughs> All right. Back to Harvey. So he, he would go and, and, and instead of playing with the other kids, he'd go home and tie a rope around his neck and then around his penis. and well, jump. Like you've never done that. <laughs> well, 
I, you know, I'm discreet about. Evidently but, not. But, but, but can women do that? I mean, is that what women get? Is their version of this is when a guy is choking them? Because I, I never understood the choking thing. And I know we're going to, people on our pages, it's going to, they're going to go crazy about this. Because there's some women on our Facebook group page that talk about the choking during sex. Yes. Yes, they do. And they, some of them seem to enjoy that sort of thing. Yes. I just never could bring myself to do that. But I was wondering if that maybe was the same. It's probably along those same lines. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how long uh, Harvey played these sort of games? It's not known, Brandy. Well, long enough. <laughs> but his parents discovered the bad habit. That's what they called it, a bad well, habit. Well, sure. Like smoking. <laughs> smoking, hanging yourself, whatever. Right. Around 1936, when her son was only nine years old. Oh, my God. So, he, I mean, he was, uh, and, you know, they saw him do it earlier when he was just a baby, but, you know, he's, he's How now, was he doing it when he was a baby? Well, when he was three or four, he was, you know, he, just, he didn't know what he was doing. He was just tying up his Look, teepee. let me tell you something. But now he's nine. He figured out he'd tie up his teepee, wrap a rope around his neck, jump off the uh, scaffolding. The and anytime you see a little boy with any sort of length of rope, yeah. like, you need to question that. Yeah, unless he's in the like Boy Scouts. Her parent, no. Even <laughs> if they're in the Boy Scouts, right. you need to question that, because this is not. I I don't see when you're that little, you have no expectation of privacy. So you know your parents should be able to wander in and out of your room. You're telling me that up until nine years old, they did not discover this. They did not walk in on him, find a fucking choking the chicken. With, yes. While he's trying to, you know, play hangman. Actually, they did. Before nine? Yeah. And they get become concerned about that, Brandy. Did they? they, they, they shared, did they become concerned? <laughs> they shared your concerns. Did they share their I don't know that they were that concerned. <laughs> they were concerned. Because, oh, they were concerned. Because, first of all, you know, I think it goes beyond concerned. I think when you see that, it kind of tends to go beyond concerned. I think at that point, there's no rope in the house. <laughs> There's not even thread you in the house. Cannot, you cannot ban rope in the house. Oh, I can ban rope. I can ban thread. I can ban shoestrings up in my motherfucker. You don't, you get nothing. You have to go. You're going to have to use flossers because I'm not even letting dental floss up in this bitch. Your, your, your kids would be wearing uh, penny loafers. Oh, my God. Yes. Or flip flops year round. Anyway, his parents shared your concern. I don't think they did, but that's okay. <laughs> and they sought professional help, Randy. It didn't work. <laughs> when they when they consulted with the doctor, however, the doctor, the psychologist, wrote wrote it off uh, his er- erratic playtime behavior as quote unquote erratic or erotic erratic um, playtime pleasures as quote unquote growing pains. Oh no, that guy's high. <laughs> Because any other fucking psychologist or psychiatrist worth their salt is going to look at him and go, yeah, that's fucked up. <laughs> well, not this guy. He's we got we got to get through, him in here. He's just going through some growing pains. Bullshit. That's 19- not normal. <laughs> in 1937, Brandy, when Harvey was 10, the Glattmans returned to Denver, Denver and moved in with Ophelia's sister, Rosalie Gold. Yes. Rosalie. Good friend, Rosalie. In nine, actually, both of her names, if you just went with Rose Gold, those both of her names will indicate some sort of color. They do. Yeah. They do. She sounds like a delicate flower. <laughs> I think she was. You took them in? Yeah. She's a nice sister. She, she clearly she, didn't know about got her, her little meat beater. 
her little nephew probably yeah hanging by the uh she coat didn't rack know, she didn't know she had to get rid of all the fucking thread in her house in 1938 uh the harvey's parents came uh, harvey's parents came home to find his neck swollen and rope burned his father caught him masturbating brandy and warned him that if he didn't stop it would cause him to have acne yeah that's what does it and he was convinced that, and this is uh, Harvey's father's words, not mine. He was convinced that Harvey was quote unquote queer. Oh, yeah. So his father. Uh, I don't know the correlation there. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, I'm just saying what his father. I'm also. Was. Th- he was I'm a, also, it was 1937. So. Well, I'm also 1938. Thinking, 1938. I'm also thinking that if your kid's queer, that's the least of your problems yeah. that you could have. Out yeah, of this you, kid. Mean, you need to be. And acne is probably not up there either. Acne is not a problem. Tying your wiener up and how do you not tell him off of- <laughs> you're going to go blind? You're going to get hair on your palms. You're going to, you know. I don't know. How do you not tell him something like that? Acne I would say you may away. want to tell him that you know you might strangle yourself to death if you keep that. Well, up. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. Yes. By age 12, Brandy, that's one year before he was, he was a preteen at that point. Yes. Harvey did well um, academically in school, but struggled to make friends, Brandy. Imagine that. <laughs> I can't, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> Seems like a nice enough guy. Well, he doesn't want to play their reindeer games. He's got his own <laughs> fucked up Why? Game why would you play Foursquare when you could go home and... When you can go home and <laughs> hang yourself and get off. That's, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> See, now, if they made that an extracurricular activity at school, they'd oh. be lined up. Put it put it in gym class. <laughs> they should. I wonder I wonder how he felt about climbing the rope. Hey, know. if you loop this around my neck, I can go a lot faster. I remember I had to climb that fucking rope in school. And I was, I mean, they, uh, you know, I couldn't do it. And as a freshman, I was only like 90 pounds. But you, before you graduated, you had to climb this rope that they hung down from the right. ceiling. Right, oh, I remember. And you had to touch the knot at the top. Yeah. And I, I got it my senior year, but I was always like, I worried about that for like four years. For no reason, I just worried about being able to do that. I, I, wasn't, going, I wasn't going through high school. I wasn't going to graduate high school because I couldn't get that fucking rope. You know, they had, it was part of gym class or whatever that we had to do that. And I, you know, and I was in, at the time, I was in good shape because I played volleyball and softball and all that kind of stuff. And I remember very distinctly, you know, it's, you, you know, you're going to try and climb the rope. It's part of the president's physical fitness, whatever the uh-huh. fuck it was. And I just looked at it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not climbing that fucking rope. So you never did it? No, I didn't so climb So really, you, you should have never got your high school diploma. Yeah, that's probably true on a lot of levels. <laughs> But, no, I didn't climb that stupid thing. What the hell was the point of that? When I was in high school, we had this, I shouldn't even mention this guy's name, but this guy's name was Dallas Swim. It was his well, that's kind of an awesome <laughs> name, but okay. And Dallas was not the most, well, popular person. He, he was someone that... Why are you mentioning his name? Like, how is that important I'm sure to the story? I'm sure he's dead now, but it was... Dr- what the fuck? <laughs> this is Jim Clapp. So... Dallas was always picked on in school. You picked it. No, Dallas. no, no, not me. Oh no, no, no not, not you, me. <laughs> not me. But <laughs> there was, you know how uh, I don't know that got a boys' locker rooms, right? There's uh, there's these lockers and there's bench in front of the lockers where mm-hmm. you tie your shoes or whatever. And Dallas is on my right, and one of the guys that was picking on him was on my left. Mm-hmm. Well, further left, so we were sitting in front of the lockers, metal lockers, mm-hmm. and then. The lockers were in front of us, but they, they, they came out of the wall 
um, to my left. So sure. behind this guy was another whole row of lockers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he kept teasing Dallas. They would call him Dallas Swim Dance because you remember we would have swim dances. Well, they would call I don't remember having swim dances. <laughs> they call this guy Dallas Swim Dance. Anyway, so Dallas finally he had all he could take. Wow. This guy was just riding really hard. So I get up, and it's now it's just no, but nothing between Dallas, Dallas and, and this guy. guy. Mm -hmm. And Dallas, I mean, Dallas was a big guy. He weighed, I, I don't know, he probably weighed 200 pounds then in like eighth grade, ninth grade. And Dallas just took off running after this guy that's teasing him. You fucked him up, didn't he? Oh, this guy steps out of the way. Dallas goes head first into the locker. Knocked him the fuck out. Dallas is down here on the ground. Out cold. Why is that funny for you? That's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. No. <laughs> That's so sad. First of Dallas, all, Dallas, if you're listening, I'm very sorry that that happened to you. I, I, I was, I had nothing to do with that. I don't understand the whole like swim dance being a huge. I mean, <laughs> oh, you know, you don't have really, you don't have, you know, you, when you're, you know, when you're in a freshman in high school, you don't have, you know, you don't have a good vocabulary. You, you don't have, can't come up with it. Very, uh, you know, swim dance. <laughs> creative things to say so they called him dallas swim dance and this guy he never he never showered that was the other thing he never showered oh yeah yeah but uh, dallas i'm sure if he's listening dallas thank you for listening and uh, please <laughs> please check out patreon.com slash history dreams all right brandy enough of, enough of this ridiculous this crazy behavior i'm going to go back to the story brandy okay as he grew into uh adolescence brandy that's when you start getting hair in the nether regions. Yes, in your nether noddies. He continued to fear girls. Yeah, he's a wise man. He fears girls like you fear squirrels. I don't fear squirrels. The motherfucker came running up on us, like was, out of the blue. He was pretty aggressive. I have no fear of squirrels. It's not like it was a swan or something. I thought it was Shirley Strap coming to give us a hug. No, I knew better than that. I love Shirley Strap. Shirley would have come up and introduced herself <laughs> properly. What are you opening? What is that? I want some yogurt. There's no talking during the podcast. I'm not Maybe. talking. <laughs> well, shut up. You won't even hear it. It's not There's like it's no popcorn. talking during the podcast. God damn it. <laughs> There's no eating during the podcast. Look, it's not like it's popcorn. Throw me a bone here. No, you would eat it during the podcast. You know. I have had a very busy fucking morning. While you've been jaunting all over Hell's Half Acre. I can't wait till Chuck gets back. Oh, no, I bet you can. Let's put some end to this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, Chuck Chuck always puts an end to so much nonsense. He's the voice of reason. Oh, yeah. Anyway, he started, uh, Harvey grew into adolescence and he, he turned, uh, he still feared girls and he turned red and felt inadequate when he was around them. Mm. Kind of like He's me. you. Yeah. Uh, it was around this time, Brandy, that uh, Harvey took up a new hobby. Guess what it was? Um, tying his dick to the bumper of a car and telling <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm guessing. Uh, breaking and entering into private residences. I was close. Yeah, you got the whole choking the chicken, literally choking the chicken thing and breaking in and entering. Now it's, you know... You're not too. You're not too far away from being a serial killer at this point. Well, no. See, you're on the, you're on that career path right now. It seems like you are. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he started breaking into people's homes. Okay. He would take. He would steal things. He would steal um, things sometimes for no reason. I mean, just like small things, just for kicks. 
But he did end up, um, his favorite prize that he stole, so he, he was taking like souvenirs. Mm-hmm. He wasn't breaking in to steal jewelry or He money. wasn't taking their no, flat he, screen. He would, no, he right. He wasn't taking their flat screen TV. He would just sneak in and take something and he would keep it like as a uh, souvenir, a trophy. Right. His favorite prize, however, was a 26 caliber handgun that he got from one of the homes. Yeah, nice. Gets, so now he's 12, he's 12, 13 years old, breaking in the Do homes. his parents not live with him? <laughs> and they do indeed. Uh, he would, uh, then Brandy, guess what he started to do? He started to follow. Him. He, start, he started to hammer the butt of that gun into his penis. Now he started following women home. From, mm. He followed one woman home, forced her into a. Her this bed. guy mirrors your fucking life, dude. No, I don't. He forced you don't her. Follow in, women home. No, no, no. Sometimes they follow me home. Mm-hmm. Well, they, when I offer them enough money, they follow me home. But. Ah, well. Yes. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'm, I see. I'm, I'm out of my Bobby Kennedy boys. So I sh- need to focus on this. Yeah, anyway, focus. Uh, uh, anyway, Harvey uh, followed this lady home. He forced her into her bedroom. He gagged her with a cloth uh, and then tied her arms. And he's 13? Down yeah, with a rope. Yeah, he was in the Boy Scouts. He, he excelled in... Um, I will beat t- a motherfucking 13-year-old boy's ass. I will fuck up a 13-year-old well, boy. I mean, you know, he, he may have been big at the time. I don't know what his... I don't give a fuck. All right. This... I will fuck up a 13-year-old boy. Anyway, this girl didn't, and he, he tied her up. Uh, and, but he just, he just, uh, t- tied her up and, um, uh, uh, slightly, I mean, he took off some of her clothes, like her top, but he didn't touch her. He didn't rape her or anything. He just, uh, um, tied her up. Um, uh, and all, not all of his break-ins were. Never mind the fact that how stealthy was he at following? Well, I mean, you know, you got a 13 year old kid following you, probably not that. I don't know. Um, anyway, he's, one day he spotted a pretty woman on Denver's street, and he followed her home. Uh, another one. Once assured of her address, he climbed into her window uh, and then went up a set of back stairs, Brandy, into her abode. He got in her bedroom. Yeah, I caught that. This is the second woman. Once inside, he forced her into the bedroom where he secured her hands with and with a length of cord he carried in his jacket everywhere he went. Because <laughs> you never know. You, you never know when you're going to need to choke yourself. Yes. He muzzled her mouth, like much like with the other woman, with a uh, cloth. He gagged her. He gagged her with a spoon. Uh, the gun had its advantages, Brandy. Uh, he used it to silence his victim. He just showed it to him. He didn't shoot her or anything. He just showed her the gun. He pinned her down... Uh, um, and then he would run his hands, fingers, across her curving body without interruption. Yes. So she was tied up and he's well, touching her. Fuck up a 13-year-old kid. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, just tell you what the boy did. I'm just telling you. The lady was at his mercy, Brandy, as he had been at the mercy of those girls who had teased and called him names on the playground. You like how I put that in there? Whatever. Tying his victims to a bed or a chair, he unbuttoned their blouses, loosened their skirts, and fondled their flesh. And... He fondled himself simultaneously. Simultaneously. Yeah. And of course he did. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes. Did he, he make him choke him? Did he make the girls choke him? No. No. I'm sure they would have done that if he had Well, asked. see, all he had to do is ask. <laughs> Sometimes he made them lie down beside him and pretend that they enjoyed it as much as he did. Oh. He would not, generally he would not fully undress them nor rape them, but he would unbutton their shirts and skirts and fondle them. Uh, he became more and more comfortable with touching women. So, you know, he has this issue with girls. and He's, he's a diddler. Yeah, he's a diddler. In 1940, Brandy, he graduated from junior high. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Quite an accomplishment for our young Harvey. Sure. And he transferred to Grove uh, High School. Okay? Well, good. No, no, no. He graduated from Grove Junior High, and he uh, transferred to Denver High School. Oh, okay, good. I was right. worried. I thought you might have had that wrong. All right. Harvey Glattman attended high school where he was in the top seven percentile of his class, and he played the cornet in the high school band. He played the what? Cornet. What the fuck is a cornet? Cornet. You know. The clarinet? No, it says cornet here. I must have no. spelled it wrong. I know. I'm sure that's what it says. I don't know what a cornet is. It could very well be an instrument. All right. But, but I, it's, it's probably clarinet. I probably just spelled it wrong. But he played something. Shut up. The fuck he played? How do I know? Well, what a fucking Denver in 1940? Well, you know what? If he can keep his dick out of it, maybe he could, you know. He should have played the drums. That way he could just beat the hell out of his wiener. His favorite method. Uh, okay. So, um... Then he started tying a rope around his neck, getting into the bathtub while choking himself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He climbed into his attic and um, would string himself up from the rafters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As I said, in high school, he was involved with the Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. where he became obsessed with learning to tie different types of knots. So, I mean, you know. Did he become an Eagle Scout? I don't think so. Well, you, have well, to, you, you know so. what? If you become an Eagle Scout, you're spending too much fucking time in the Boy Scouts. That's what I there's a lot happening there. No, it's actually, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big accomplishment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's I a mean, big accomplishment. Um, but I mean, it takes years. Just because years. you didn't get past no. being a Weeblo doesn't no, mean that. You know, you know what? They, I was in the Boy Scouts for about three weeks and I quit because it was like the early 70s. It's a cult. 
Well, it was a, it was the early seventies. Vietnam War was going on. It seemed like well, a, you didn't. Want it, it seemed like a paramilitary organization. Well, sure. Me. And you didn't want them to draft you out of there. <laughs> exactly. I figured if I if I didn't have any skills, the army wouldn't need me. But anyway, um, <laughs> I became a tenderfoot, which is like the lowest level. Oh shit! But you had to like you know you had to like make three or four different knots and you know do CPR or something. But anyway, there were people in my group that were like there for like a year and a half I had not uh, ascended to catapulted to the rank of tenderfoot. tenderfoot yeah see my boys sometimes my boys want to do it they'll mention it and it's like I just it to me and I know there are people that are into it and they love it and that's oh, fine and, and you like you said to be to an me, eagle it's scout a cult. to be an eagle scout is quite an accomplishment it's a you, huge accomplishment but I mean it takes years and years oh and I know it's a huge accomplishment it's a big deal it just seems like a cult to me all those meetings and then they want it and, and then they want first of all and you know what else I don't like? And then brownies. They want- or do you have something against brownies? Motherfucker. The brownies. My mom told me that the brownies d- didn't want me, that they would not take me. And I'm fairly certain it's because we didn't have a whole lot of money and my mom didn't want to pay for it. But she I told the, me. that the brownies didn't want you. She told me that the brownies. Do you know what that does to a person? When, when well, you're my probably, parents. You're probably foul mouth. They when don't. my parents can't even pay them to take me. You know what? They, the brownies are not going to take someone and walk around telling people to shut no. the cock holster. <laughs> well, I didn't have that vocabulary in the second grade. It wasn't quite as. Fine-tuned. You, you definitely could not be a brownie now. Well, no. But you know what pisses me off about the Boy Scouts and the Cub Scouts or whatever is that, right. you know, they sit there and, and you know, they, well, we go camping. Yeah. And we do, okay, that's fine. Well, no, the, you know, the parents have to come with, fuck you. I don't want to go goddamn camping. <laughs> I'm not paying you to take me goddamn camping. If you wanted to go camping, if, you would have joined the I would have joined the goddamn Boy Scouts. I don't want to fucking camp. Right. Take Noah fucking camping. Teach him how to make a fucking fire with sticks. Fire with a tic tac and a paper clip or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. MacGyver started it as a Cub Scout. That, well, I'm sure he did. I bet he was a fucking Eagle Scout. I don't give a damn. I don't want to go camping. <laughs> okay. And I, you know what else I don't want to do? I don't want to sell that fucking popcorn either because that's some bullshit popcorn. When I was a kid, we it's had nasty. To, we had to sell uh, seeds. Ah, yeah, fuck that noise. Flower seeds. As a kid, fuck that noise. And that was high pressure. I mean, they put a lot of pressure on you to be the top seller and stuff. And if you get it, be like top seller, you'd get like a frisbee or something. I mean, some, you're, you'd work like fifty hours a week trying to sell those fucking oh, seeds. Hand to God, I will avoid a Kroger if there are people standing out front. Oh my God! Fucking uh, and like, Kroger's is a local grocery store. Yeah, people standing out front oh like God. accosting me for fucking popcorn. I, I swear I to God, God one, popcorn. one day I was I went to the Kroger's in our store. There was there's two different groups on. As you walk in, yeah. different groups, and there's and two, walk di- out. two different yeah. other ones when you walk out. Totally all, all four yeah. different and organizations. Like, no, no, no. You know what? I bought popcorn inside. I don't want your bullshit popcorn. And it's nasty, and it doesn't pop right. They need to fucking get on the cookie game like the Girl Scouts I, did. I'm not big on the Girl Scout cookies. Though. Well, but they're better than that goddamn popcorn. Yeah, it's but like if, if I want some stale old fucking cookies, I'll just go get some. Oh, like, no, no. They're, 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 nah, like, let me tell you something. There is not much better than a fucking Thin Mint that's been in the freezer for about three hours. Not a big fan of the Thin Mint. Oh, they're the shit. Not they're the fan. shit. Not a big fan. But fuck, now fuck the Boy Scouts. If, if you know, People have kids in the Boy Scouts, and I think that's great. And if that's your thing, and if you like camping, I don't fucking like camping. I don't want to camp. You know, when I was in uh, when I was in college, I used to go camping all the time. Because I had a hike and stuff. And I'd get camping all the time. And every time I, we got a break, I'd rush camp. One time I was camping in North Carolina, I'm in the mountains, and it was cold as fuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to camp, and when, when it's cold, you're, you're supposed to take off your clothes and your sleeping bag because you can stay warmer because of your body heat. Right. 
But the problem is you have to get up at night and pee. And then you're peeing and it's fucking freezing. So one day, I was, it was a, we were camping and it was in the middle of the night. It started raining. So the ground below us got wet. And, you know, I'm sitting there chilling and, you know, just shivering. And then I'm thinking, why in the fuck? <laughs> I don't like none of this. Yeah, Dave. Dave <laughs> used to camp. Dave used to camp. Go high wa- Go white the last water rafting. Time for me. Yeah. Oh, he's been white water rafting. He's been camping. Like I'm. Like I'm sorry if I have to dig a hole to poop. <laughs> I'm not doing that. You know what? God put me on this earth at this time so that I have running water. Yeah. And I have. You know. I, I don't, feel you. I don't. I feel need, you, sister. Yeah. I don't need to sleep on the ground. I don't need to sleep on a tent. Yeah. I am forty, motherfucker. I am forty-three years old. <laughs> You want to sleep on a bed? I'm sleeping on a goddamn bed, and if I can help it, I'm sleeping on a goddamn tempur <laughs> because because you know my sciatica. <laughs> well, I, yeah, yeah, I understand that. But no, there's no reason for it. Yeah, I I, I stopped camping after I, I was sitting, I was sitting there freezing, shivering, and needing to get up again to go pee, and I thought, why the fuck am I doing no, this? I need to go glamping. That's what I need to do. All right, back to Harvey. This is ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, uh, there's uh, so he's uh, following these women around. In several instances, he took monies from his victims. On May 18, 1945, Har- police caught Harvey in the act, Brandy, breaking into the apartment of one Alma Hamoon. Wow. <laughs> he was going through a window wow. when the police caught him. In his pockets, the police found a length of rope, a 25 caliber pistol. Which, see, there's a problem right there. Never break into a home carrying a weapon. Because hmm. you just added 10 years to your sentence. Sure. But this was, you know, 1945. So when the police interrogated young uh, Harvey, he told them of other breaking and enterings that he had done, but he left out the ones where he actually sexually touched the women. So uh-huh. we're going to brag about that. Well, no. You don't want to kiss and tell. Right. He was charged with uh, first-degree robbery. His parents posted bail. The charges were eventually dropped. Less than a month later, on June 18, 1945, Harvey abducted a well-built woman, Brandy, by the name of Noreen Laurel hmm. from her neighborhood, and he, uh, he tied her up, and he drove her out of town to Sunshine Canyon, where he touched her repeatedly, but he did not rape her. He then returned to her home, dropped her off at her house, and Elma, being the um, busybody that she was, went right to the police. Oh, bitch. Bitches be testifying, Bitches be testifying. She went straight to the police where she looked at a series of mug shots, and, you know, he had just been arrested a month earlier, right? Right. So she was able to identify him. He was rearrested, and this time with no bail. bail. Mm -hmm. While he was locked up, Harvey, congrats! Harvey graduated from high school, Brandy. Oh, in the he was in the top one seventh of his class. Yeah. Focus, it's pretty good. You end up in the upper one seventh of your class while you're in the pokey. Yeah. yeah. While in jail, he was diagnosed by a psychologist, Brandy. Oh yeah. Did they finally decide that what he was doing was fucked up? <laughs> he was diagnosed as being schizophrenic, or at the time. Yeah, that's when they went through with the whole split personality thing. Remember when that was a thing? Oh yeah. Um, people it's... still get those terms confused. But he 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 was schizophrenic. There is actually no. I don't think there is actually a diagnosis of split personality in the DMS. Yes, there four. is. There is. Mm-hmm. I thought it was called something else. So 
Well, I'm sure it probably is, but it's split personality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean... Or it's, it's like identity... Socio... Yeah, associative disorder. Disassociation. Dissoci- dissociative disorder. Yeah. Or yeah. But anyway, they at the time, he would be what we call schizophrenic today. Uh, he was described to be in sullen... More sullen. Sullen, more morose, and disrespectful. Now, you can be sullen, and you can be morose, but you got to be... Hit, why you got to be disrespectful? That's the thing. You better be fucking... If you're going to be sullen and morose... At least you, don't be rude. You better be fucking respectful. Yeah. And anyway, he was all three, Randy. Dick. He felt everyone was against him. Well, they are. <laughs> Especially women. <laughs> they are. In November 1945, he pleaded... Harvey pleaded guilty to first-degree robbery, and he was sentenced to six months in prison. Mm-hmm. He spent his 18th birthday in the pokey, Brandy, in the can. Well, you know, did and, they have a party for him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they had punch and cake or not. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe. He was probably hoping for some rope for his birthday. I bet he was. He needs some bungee cords. <laughs> in August of 1946, now he was 18, uh, he approached uh, a couple, Thomas Starro and Doris Thorne, Brandy. He approached them. He ordered them into the dark, uh, into the dark under some trees, and he took Starro's, Thomas's Starro's wallet. He tied Starro's legs together, and then he molested his female, uh, uh, his his date, Doris Thorne, by threatening to kill her with a cap gun, which looked real at the time. Uh huh. Uh, Harvey then uh, moved to Albany, so you know, get out. Time to time to get out of Dodge. In late August, 1946, later that month, uh, he followed a nurse, nurse named Florence Hay Hayed. I like it's cool that a, a nurse is named Florence. Well, it'd been better if it was Nightingale, but right. Florence Hayed, who attempted to he attempted to sexually assault. Well, luckily, she got away, Brandy. Oh, good. But he then found a woman by the name of Evelyn Burge and Beverly Goldstein. They also got away, and they were seen. He must not be very good at tying, tying, tying those knots. Well, he's not, yeah. he's not a great Cub Scout. No, he's not. Uh, anyway, they got away. They went to the Albany police and reported the incident. Within two days, he was in custody. He conve- confessed to the attack on Floris Hayden, and uh, his mom and dad were shocked. Brandy shocked, I say. Oh, clutch the pearls moment for him, huh? At the actions of young Harvey. I can't believe. How were they just not paying attention, I suppose? Uh, I don't know. You know, no, it probably were in denial. On October 18, 1946, Harvey was convicted of assaulting um, uh, that uh, Florence Hayden, that nurse. He accepted a uh, guilty plea uh, in exchange for a reduced charge. He was sentenced to five to ten years in the Elmira Reformatory in Elmira, New York. In 1948, he was diagnosed by a, a psychologist at the um, Reformatory who said that Harvey was a psychopath. He had a psychopathic personality, schizophrenic type, having sexually perverted impulses, as the basis of his criminality. Well, first of all, the perverted part sounds a little judgy. Well, I mean, yeah, he is tying his wiener up every chance. That still sounds a little judgy on that guy's on that guy's part. But well, that sounds like the only motherfucker who's even gotten close. So, as a result of this diagnosis, Harvey was sent to 
Sing Sing, which is a maximum security prison in New York, to complete his prison term. So they they did a little assessment of him, and they're like, we don't want this motherfucker here. Let's, 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 let's ship him. his ass to Sing Sing. Yeah, let's put him in Supermax. So in 1948, at the age of 21, Harvey was finally paroled from prison, where he was noted as being a model prisoner with a high IQ hmm. and a cord wrapped around his pecker. Right. No, they didn't say that. I have to say the shit that Chuck would normally say because he's I not see. Good. Yeah. I have to dummy down my part of this while Chuck is gone. I don't. I don't understand. Well, why? You know, he he's able to bring the quality of our podcast down to the common man with his. I don't think that's it. You don't. All right. No. Yes. It's kind of a slam on our. No, Listen. no. They love him because he makes him them feel uh, smart, superior. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's why we have him around to make us feel superior. Yeah. Because then all we have is me and you. Well, and what fun is that? Exactly. All right. So anyway, back to Harvey. He's out on parole. He, as a condition of his parole, he was required to return to the care of his mother, Ophelia. I'm sure she was thrilled. <laughs> He was also ordered to get a full-time job and be under court observations for four and a half years. Uh, instead, Harvey moved to Denver, Colorado. Uh, him and his parents, uh, you know, they moved back to Denver. Wait a minute. So his parents took off with him. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, you know. So they, they just, don't want him up in the state all up in their business? So they basically just gave the state the finger. Fuck you, we're moving to Denver. Yeah. That's just it became, well, you know, this is before databases and all that. So. I know. I understand. Um, he lived with his parents until his father's death in 1952 of... I don't know, the consumption. Nope. I don't know. Murder. I don't know. How the fuck would I know? Diabetes. All the sugars. <laughs> Sugar to diabetes. The sugars got him. Yeah. On <laughs> April 8, 1954. On April 8, 1950. So his dad dies. On April 8, in 1952. On April 8, 1954, the body of a Jane Doe. Randy was found by hikers just west of nearby Boulder, Colorado. Mm. Harvey has long been suspected in the slaying of Boulder Jane Doe. Her identity remained a mystery for 55 years. Remember, this is 1954. Finally, in the year two, uh, 2000, in October of 2009, the sheriff's office uh, was notified that they had had some connection. They had made the match between Jane Doe's and that of a woman who uh, had been missing. And her name was Dorothy Gay Howard, an 18-year-old woman from Phoenix, Arizona. So they never did, uh, were able to, remember I said he killed three people, possibly four. Mm -hmm. They think he was involved with this uh, Jane Doe murder, but uh, they were never able to uh, get a confession out of him, nor were they able to convict him of that murder. Okay. What happens next, Brandy? Please tell us. Please, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, please proceed. Yes. Okay. So, I um, I worked very hard during the uh, Cuban uh, Missile Crisis. Yes. Oh my God. Here, it was. Uh, I, I. You gotta let me do this. <laughs> and the other guy just blanked. Yes. Harry Glattman was in Colorado at the time and was driving a 1951 Dodge. Cornette. That's a sweet ride, man. Uh, the body had damage. That was, he play his corn, uh, cornet. His cornet in the cornet? Yeah. I don't know. Boy, wouldn't that be handy. You know, that's a, that's a panty dropper. You're oh, driving down a... You know, driving with down. a rope around your junk? 
granddad driving. You'd be cruising down the street with a rope around your neck, rope around your jock, and playing the clarinet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's hot. You have to beat them women off with a (laughs) bat. Uh, The body had damage that was consistent of being hit with the same car. Harvey was never charged in that case. Yeah, it's a Jane Doe case. In January of 1957, when he was 30 years old, Harvey moved to L.A. and took up photography. Oh, that's a nice hobby. Working. I wonder if he saw Barbara Payton when he was out there. (laughs) She would have fucked him. Oh, she'd have given him a piece (laughs) of ass for sure. Working as a television repairman by day and crime fighter by night. Yeah, that's nice. Harvey was able to afford rent for a small studio apartment on quiet Melrose Avenue. Have you ever, when you say crime fire right now, have you ever seen those people who dress up like superheroes? Yes, they make me sad. I'm going to be a fucking superhero. Well, good I'm luck with that. Get a little that. costume, get me a cape, and I'm fucking going to be a superhero. Excellent. I'm going to be over the ride man, and I'm going to stay down here and over the ride and protect citizens of over the ride. Well, you should learn to say citizens first, and then you can protect us. I will Thank protect you. them. I will, I will, bullets will bounce off my chest. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Harvey also found the cash to buy an expensive roller-cord camera. Nice. Complete, you don't even know dick about it. <laughs> oh, it's a nice camera. Okay. I looked it up. It's sweet. You looked up shit. Complete with a Schneider Zenar zoom lens and a tripod. Oh, yeah. We yeah. need a tripod. Well, you do. With the proper equipment, all he needed now was a pseudonym, something snappy that sounded like a real professional photographer, like those who took those saucy pictures in his favorite crime magazines. Weighing a decision like it was the most important one in the world, (laughs) and he finally conceived the alias. And what is the name? Little drum roll, please. Johnny Glenn. Johnny Glenn. Which is like John Glenn, the guy that went to a fucking moon, so I don't know how much goddamn imagination this fucking took. Living alone. He had to write stuff. I'm sure that's the line he used. Living alone, his interest soon turned to pornography with women who were willing to pose clothed. Not naked, that's crazy talk. No. Well, you, you, you ease into that shit. Well, Harvey started trolling around, or Johnny... Started trolling around the modeling agencies looking for women to satisfy his violent sexual urges. Mm. For months, he hung out at the model studios, snapping away to his libido's content. You know, wouldn't you, wouldn't he be noticed doing that? I fuck, I don't know. What was was he snapping? (laughs) I see. (laughs) Oh, I wonder if he tied a rubber band around his junk and then just snapped it. No, I see him like a little. Uh, you know, like a, a amateur paparazzi or something sitting at the studio and snapping pictures and well, not even working there. <laughs> hanging he out was there. amazed and titillated at Ooh. how easily these women stripped bare for 20 bucks an hour. That's fucking... That's, yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he would contact them with offers for work for Pulp Fiction, True Confession, and Detective Magazines. Ooh, I love those True Confession magazines. <sighs> they were hot. Harvey would take them Erotic back... shit right there. Okay. Yes. It's uh, true uh, confessions. Yes. Har- God, you're a weirdo. Harvey would take them back to his apartment, tie them up, and rape them. Oh, so he's on to being a rapey now. Yeah. He's on to being rapey. Yeah, well, they didn't call no rapesies. Well, they didn't, and that's that he, yeah, so he's rapey now. So, yeah. Here, 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 let this be a cautionary tale. If a, if a stranger offers you $20 to come to his apartment to take pictures of you, don't do it. Yeah. He's lying. So he's all rapey with them. He's taking pictures the whole time, and then he would try and strangle them. 
Oh, he would then strangle them and bury them in a nearby desert plot. That sound very nice. <clears throat> no. In August of 1958... I bet they didn't teach that in the Boy Scouts. I don't remember probably that. Probably not. In August of 1958, Harvey called part, part-time model Judith Dull regarding a photo shoot. I don't think I would call her. She doesn't sound very exciting. No, I think like 19 or something. She doesn't sound very exciting. Well, she sounds dull. I mean, no, she was... Judith was a 19-year-old, wide-eyed, baby doll, divorcee. Jesus, she, 19, she's a divorcee. Well. Taking on whatever assignment she could get uh, to pay for a lawyer in a child custody battle with her ex-husband. Having obtained her phone number through her agency, it was customary in the 50s for agencies to release personal numbers, Harvey called Dahl the morning of August 1st, 1957, to explain that he had seen her model before and was interested in having her pose for a layout for a popular true crime magazine. Okay. It was a great opportunity, he stressed. Her line of business, her line of business urged caution, uh, but she thought he sounded nice enough over the phone, and the fact that he agreed to do the shoot at her own apartment sounded safe. She agreed to do a photo shoot that afternoon for $50. Harvey told her to wear a tight skirt and sweater. After taking dozens of photos, Harvey convinced Judith he needed better lighting. You know, on my phone, when I when I get a um, message from an unknown, a text from an unknown person, it tells me to report junk. I don't want to report people's junk. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, You don't want your own junk reported. That's for damn sure. Exactly. That's my point. I will will not report junk, nor a junk reporter will I be. Uh, Let's see. Surveying the floppy-eared, bespeckled wimp. She tossed off all caution and followed him to his car. He drove her to his studio, quotes, which was actually his own apartment. Once inside, he explained that since the shots were to accompany a story about bondage, he would have to illustrate by tying her up. If she had any doubts, the the thought of $20 an hour overrode. She consented, throwing out her wrists as he bound them, sitting back in his armchair as he wrapped her ankles and slinking back seductively this way and that way. Then Harvey pulled out a 32 Browning automatic and began shooting photos of Dahl in bondage with the gun. Waving the steel blue weapon under her chin, he untied her hands and ordered her to strip, slowly, as he snapped her in various poses, some bound, some free, all depicting her in control of of someone, oh, in the control of someone off screen. Yeah, so he's into bondage now. Well, he was into, he's been into bondage for a little while, for a let's minute, be honest. For a minute. For a minute. Like a movie director, he barked out, You're frightened. You're curious. Be scared, but tempting. Uh, lift a leg. Drop a strap. I've, I've been known to utter those words before. <laughs> the poses varied and grew more erotic, more emphatic to Harvey's personal soul as the shoot progressed. When the pictures were taken, he had his way with Judy Dahl. Uh, oblige, he commanded, or die. Whimpering at her foolishness, the girl obeyed. As the outside world dimmed through Harvey's window shades, Johnny Glenn raped her several times, binding her limbs at the conclusion of each session. Relaxing, satisfied in the mean- for the meantime, he made her sit beside him and nuzzle him on the sofa as he watched his favorite TV comedies. Hmm. A few more shows, he promised, and he'd take her home. So he, he, was a, he, he was a big TV watcher. I see. But Harvey had no intention of taking her home. He then raped Judy and made her cuddle with him while he watched I Love Lucy on television. See, that's fucking... They teach you to be honest in the Boy Scouts. If he had stayed in the well, Boy Scouts... Nobody said he was a good Boy Scout. Yeah, 
Later, he took her past Thousand Palms, where at gunpoint he raped her again several more times. Harvey then drove Dahl 125 miles east to Indo, California, where he photographed the woman in her underwear. Mm. He lassoed her neck, shoved her to her knees, Ugh. pushed her down, and took the other part of the rope around, around her ankles. He hogtied her. Yeah, basically. He pulled her body up, and she was dead. Judith was just 19 years old. Wow. With his victim now lifeless, Harvey needed a few more photos by Flash, something to remember his conquest. He molded Judith Dahl like a clay figure, an arm here, an arm there, a leg spread, a knee turned this way. So he's doing, taking post-mortem photos. Yes. Dead no matter how she was shaped. He wanted it to appear that way. He later buried her in a shallow grave behind a cactus. Seven months later, Harvey met victim number two. Shirley Ann Bridgeford, 24 years old, recently divorced and with two sons, joined the popular Patty Sullivan Lonely Hearts Club in L.A., hoping to meet the right man. That sounds like a club I should join. All she knew was that she didn't want someone like her first husband. She wasn't picky, having given up on Prince Charming, so when the fellow member George Williams asked her out for a date on March 7th of 1958, she accepted. Let me guess, George Williams had big ears. Well, Williams did not send her heart fluttering. His mm. ears were so big, mm. and there was something a little... You know what ma- they say about men with big ears? They can hear well. <laughs> uh, and there was something mousy about him, but she figured a date is a date, and it beats sitting at home on a Saturday night. Yeah, she's got a point. What well, are you going to do? What, what's next? Flip and she promised to take her square dancing. Oh, wow. <laughs> fucking classic panty dropper, right? He closed, he closed the deal right there. Well, at least it would be a night on the town and a free dinner. <laughs> Harvey. Man, if I was a woman, I'd get free dinners all the time. Let me tell you something. I, I, I've I been have. on dates like that before. <laughs> yeah, it's free dinner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. Harvey is George Williams. Sit there and look at your phone most of the time. <laughs> uh, as George Williams showed up at the appointed time, 745, at her home in Sun Valley. Taken aback by a house full of company to greet him, he kept his cool and played the hopeful boyfriend to the hilt, complimenting the way Shirley looked and extending a nice-to-meet-you-all in his on his way out the door. Once in the car, he asked Bridgeford if she would mind not going dancing. He had a headache and oh, preferred well. Well, to take a drive in the country instead. He's not getting enough oxygen to his brain. Right. <laughs> Perhaps grab some dinner along the way. Oh, sure, she replied. That sounded very nice. Driving south from Sun Valley, they stopped for dinner in Oceanside. Afterwards, they returned. I bet she got an $8 salad. <laughs> she probably did. Afterwards, they returned to the car where Harvey resumed a southern direction. At last, the car edged into the foothills of the looming Vallecito Mountains near Anza State Park. Harvey idled the car, letting it roll off the dirt road and several feet into the dusty oh. sand floor. Bridgeford looked at him quizzically. What omen she may have crystallized women. She may have had crystallized sharp when she found the barrel of his thirty two tucked between her breasts. Yeah. Undress it's getting scary. Undress, Harvey ordered the young lady. She begged not to, but he insisted, and when she was naked he ravaged her. The rapes, the humiliation, and then he forced her onto the de- onto the desert where he told her it was photo time. More pleas, more refusals from her abductor. He took photos of her dressed and he took photos of her nude. He took photos in many positions. His ritual was orderly and timed. In the blackness, the flashbulbs popped, one after another, crazy little explosions catching crazy little scenes. To be sure, he had usable products for all his trouble. He made her wait until the sun rose so he could take some photos in the daylight. 
when he thought he had enough to last him a while. Oh, he get, he get, is it garroted? Is that how you say it? Strangled her to death. Yeah, his modeling killed her. Before he left the carcass in the dust, however, he did what he had done with Judy Duff, took some death shots in a number of wrenching positions. Four months later, God, ugh. Four months later, Harvey met model Ruth Mercado and repeated the process. By then, refined, dumping her body not far from what was left of Shirley Brig- Bridgeford's. In the meantime, these three girls' families and friends and landlords were starting to ask questions of the police. Where did they go and why can't you find them? Dole's disappearance had been one thing. Women ran off all the time to evade boyfriends and husbands and even families. But then came the evaporation of Bridgeford and Mercado, two models and one nice girl, each one gone after leaving their place with a single male. Police became concerned that they had a serial killer on their hands. Oh, good call. Around this time, uh, Harvey became a photographer for the Diane Studio, a modeling agency. Harvey intended to kill the agency's owner, who herself was a model who posed for some of the shoots, but the, but the woman was disturbed by Harvey upon meeting him and insisted, or instead, ears. Big ears. Yeah, and instead signed him up to take photos of an, another of the agency's models. Yeah, I don't, this guy's too creepy for me, but. Lorianne Vigil, yeah. who was new. Mm-hmm. Harvey decided to take the job and abducted Lorraine, sorry, Lorraine. Uh, he abducted Lorraine. However, she fought back and escaped, eventually running into two policemen that arrested Harvey Glattman. Police detectives in- interrogated Glattman, and he eventually caved, confessing to killing his victims and telling them about the toolbox, a container that held the photos he took of Dahl, Bridgeford, and Mercado before, during, and after their murders. Authorities found the toolbox at Glattman's apartment with the intention of using the photos as evidence against him in court. His, body, his victims' bodies were also discovered. During his trial, Harvey's mother, Ophelia, then 69 years old, apologized for her son's actions and described him as sick. Well, where you been this whole time there, Ophelia? Yeah. Um, finally stepping up to the plate. Harvey's lawyer, Wallard Whittinghill. Nice name. Willard. Willard Whittinghill. Uh, decided to present his client as being mentally ill. Well, I don't think that was a stretch. <laughs> However, this, the psychiatric evalu- examination concluded that Glattman wasn't suffering from psychosis and that he was fully responsible for his actions. Good. He was tried for the murders of Mercado and Bridgeford, the testimonies provided from Bridgeford's family proving to be the most effective in the trial. He was shortly found guilty of two counts of first-degree murder, and he was given the death penalty. Harvey Glattman was transferred to the San Quentin State Prison in San Quentin, California, Coincidentally, the same prison that would house Charlie Manson and Richard Ramirez. Good neighbors. Yeah. It's a good neighborhood. Yeah. He was scheduled to be executed in the prison's green room, a gas chamber, using lethal cyanide. The procedure began at 10 a.m. September 18, 1959, and it took 12 minutes for Harvey to succumb to the cyanide toxicity. He was 31 years old. Well, it took him a little while because he was used to not being able to breathe. Well, sure. And I wonder if he was jacking off the whole time. <laughs> Brandy, your final thoughts on serial killer, uh, the, the glamour girl slayer, serial killer, Harvey Murray Glattman. You know, I'm really, I'm, I have to wonder, you know, clearly this is his doing and his weirdness and his, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But where are his fucking parents? Like, 
Well, you know, Ophelia was right there to the end. No, but I mean, where was she when they were growing up when he could have, like, well, you know, They tried to warn him that he was going to have acne from doing all that sort of thing. I don't think he cared. <laughs> I don't think he gave a damn. I guess not. But, you know, when they catch him, when he's, you know, choking himself, I mean, to get to say, you know, you don't quit I would jacking be, you off. You think uh, seeing your kid, well, I mean, they took, they did take him in to get help, and they, they told him that it was just growing pain. Yeah, but you still watch that shit, and I'm well, sorry. I mean, especially with kids. Uh, trying to do an uh, choking other, themselves, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, That's jacking off is one thing, you yeah. know, you find some sticky socks everywhere, but come on, all right, all right, Brandon, it's crazy, crazy, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, I feel like you're mocking me, and I don't need that. And I would not uh, mock uh, you. Uh, let's um, wrap this uh, podcast up. And I almost went to pork, porky pig right there. Well, you did, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Brandy, uh, please uh, tell our listeners that uh, what uh, your you know what? final gonna, uh, thoughts are I have, regarding I uh, this uh, matter. I've already told my final thoughts. Where uh, uh, can, can uh, people uh, find us? All right, Porky. They can find us on... <laughs> it was Bob Kennedy. It was not Porky. You sound like Porky Pig. You can find us on Facebook. We have two pages. History Dweebs page, where we um, post things, actual history things, and then History Dweebs, the podcast where um, listeners get together and we yes, just talk and mm-hmm. support and yeah. and it's wonderful. Yes, and we, we talk like this. We don't. You can also find us on Twitter. Go to History Dweebs one and yes. that's our yes. Twitter handle. Um, and then I never you I never follow, put you, you can, can follow put, Chuck. Can, I'm talking uh, God damn you're as bad it, as my uh, fucking uh, husband. Please uh, you can disregard uh, my comments. Uh, you can follow I never tweet so it doesn't do you any good to see yeah, my but, but perhaps Chuck, you should uh, tweet. You can follow Chuck at Hawk Walters. Who would want to follow him? I mean, I seriously. Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he just posts a picture of Rudy every I once know. in a while. He's... I know. We're horrible at Twitter. But if, you can also find us on iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, uh, leave us a review that helps people find us. Um, yes, because, we want, because people really need to find us. They really do. They really do. And so, um, Tim, do you have any final thoughts that well, can be I, said I, not I, in Bobby Kennedy's <laughs> accent? I would just like to say, I would like uh, thank, to thank all Americans uh, for uh, listening to uh, our podcast. And uh, as we move to uh, a new century, all right. uh, we will continue. Okay. Uh, to provide uh, quality uh, programming. Okay, you're uh, done. You're done. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening, and join Thank us next you. time on History Dweeb. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.